0: Welcome back to The Tape Store, everyone. This is Toby. And this is Brooke. We were made in the 80s. And
1: played in the 90s.
0: And I'm sorry if I sound really exhausted. <laughs> it's because I am, and you are.
1: Yes, we just got off work.
0: And we are, yes. Uh, we did both just get off work, and work has been so crazy that um, we did need to take that week off. Which we
1: appreciate I, you guys' patience with us.
0: Yeah, and I'm glad that we did take the, the week off because it allowed us some time to really talk about... What we wanted to do.
1: And you guys gave amazing suggestions, some of which we'll probably carry out through this spooky season.
0: Yeah, definitely, which starts now. And uh, one of the things that we have, um, I mean, my favorite show as a kid was, of course, Are You Afraid of the Dark? Yes. Uh, The first episode we ever did as a podcast uh, was a pilot episode where we just kind of introduced ourselves and we kind of talked about what we were into and... Why we loved the 90s so much. And, of course, this is an 80s and 90s podcast, but... Of course. The 90s is very much my favorite decade. The 80s is a very close second. Um, now, one of the things I did in the 90s was watch Nickelodeon. It was it was a huge part that of my That was life. when
1: it was at its... I mean, it was at its peak of just being the best in yes. the
0: 90s. Yes, yes. Don't get me on that soapbox. <laughs> because... 90s was absolutely, I believe, uh, 80s, but definitely the 90s in my opinion. 80s was great too, but the early 90s was its golden age, and uh, yes, and now it's nowhere. I mean, there's no comparison. No, there's
1: not. There's not a comparison. I'm not saying it's not good now, but it's just it's not. It's not
0: brilliant and great and glorious, which is what it was in the early 90s, and part of that, of course, is Are You Afraid of the Dark? The second episode of The Tape Store we did was dedicated to talking about the show itself. We didn't talk about any one particular episode. We talked about...
1: Just the experience of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Yes,
0: just the experience of the actual show itself. Yeah, which is, you know, I can go on and on about that. But this was my favorite show as a kid. Uh, and if I had to take one with me, I would yeah. I, I would take that one. Uh, Are You Afraid of the Dark... Is if if you don't know and you're listening, it 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 was a I mean it was like a kids' Twilight Zone essentially. Yeah, a group of kids known as the Midnight Society would uh, go out to a an undisclosed location. (laughs) Uh, They were led by Gary in the first iteration. Uh, There was a season where Gary's brother Tucker leads. Yes, and I don't really. I don't really acknowledge any of the reboots or any of the... I I didn't see the It's not one.
1: that we don't acknowledge them. It's just that, you know, it's just... It's really hard to beat. One, just the... the it was so innovative
0: mm-hmm.
1: in the 90s. But also, you know, the things that are nostalgic are the dearest to your heart. Yeah,
0: maybe I'm being a little too purist and intense with saying I don't acknowledge them. But I didn't think that they were... I didn't think that they were good compared to the original. Right, right. I thought that by themselves they were Okay. I didn't see the newest one. The
1: Yeah, the, we, saw, we saw the one that came out in um, 2019. Yeah, the... But um, we haven't seen the newest one that came out yet.
0: What was it? The Circus. What was it called? Yeah, it was, uh, The Something of Doom. See, the fact that I don't remember it should tell you <laughs> I something.
1: was like, wait, I don't remember now. We did I'm, an episode I'm, on it.
0: I'm a diehard Are You Afraid of the Dark fan. Absolutely. And I don't remember the name of these... Of, of the newest one I think the other one was the newest is called The Curse of Shadows I think I didn't see that one yeah I mean I heard it was okay my thing is I just don't understand why they don't just go back to the original um, the original formula which is just have a bunch of kids have some neat kids get together have them tell tales and then dramatize the tale right just just do that and I just
1: chalk that up to ki- kids are different now that's what they relate to. you're taking now. something
0: that wasn't I don't know. <laughs> you're taking something that's not broken and you're trying to fix it. Right. I, I don't understand that. I, you're
1: I, you're not you're you're not moving on this point, so it's fine.
0: No. Uh, <laughs> but I do want to find out what these t- these two newer ones were. Uh, Curse of the Shadows. So I was right about that one. The one that we did see was called The Carnival of Doom.
1: Carnival of Doom. I was like Circus of Doom didn't sound the right. The Carnival
0: of Doom <laughs> came out in 2019. Curse of the Shadows is in its second season, so it must be doing okay. That's
1: good. So, I mean that's I mean I think if, if it puts if it puts are you afraid of the uh, are you afraid of the dark in the mouths of young people that makes me happy
0: yeah but it's just not like it was as we right, right right but right. we're not here to soapbox about no, that no no we're actually here to talk about an episode of are you afraid of the dark <laughs> yes <laughs> which is finally what, which is exciting because is what we're going to be doing all month
1: we haven't been back to are you afraid of the dark in a while and I
0: figured if we're going to come back to are you afraid of the dark uh, we might as well come back big and just and have a month dedicated to it yes I am absolutely excited about that. We are very happy with our listeners who, you know, made those great suggestions. And and what we did is we did sit down. We went through every one of the suggestions and the and we said we were going to go with the one that had the most votes. And Are You Afraid of the Dark uh, got the most votes. And yes. Now some people and, and,
1: and it was in varying degrees, like of different things about Are You Afraid of the Dark, but but the the topic yes. of Are You Afraid of the Dark was the right. most.
0: Now the last time we visited, Are You Afraid of the Dark? It was last year, actually, yep. mm-hmm. it was, uh, and it was a very special episode. It was the storyteller share.
1: Yeah, that's right. That we,
0: the the um, audio drama that yeah, we- Yeah, it was, a,
1: I guess, an original format of Are You Afraid of the Dark. Yes. Which we really had a lot of fun working on.
0: It was a lot of fun. I think it, you know, you did some original music for it. Thank you. Some some of it was inspired by the music. Oh, definitely, music, Yeah. But, uh, there was also some original music, and, and we did uh, The Tale of... Um,
1: laughing in the Dark. Uh, yeah,
0: The Tale of the Laughing in the Dark, uh, which is, of course, Zebo, you know, which is one of my all-time favorite episodes. Yes. Which we're not talking about that this week, but... <laughs>
1: we, we could spend three hours talking gonna, about i the dark.
0: <laughs> I could spend three hours talking about just that episode. True. Zeebo itself, probably. At any rate, uh, if you want to go back and check that out, though, uh, it is episode number 51. So, yeah, we'd
1: love for you to check it out.
0: Yeah, love for you to go check that out. So this week, what are we talking about this week?
1: This week, um, we are talking, well, the this episode, one, just itself, is one of our favorites. But also, the legend that it references is one of our very favorite stories, just yes. as a family. It's, it's This is actually a really special episode because we watched this as a family last, you know, autumn. We did. And... It was just a blast because our kids love the story already.
0: Yes, and this is the Are You Afraid of the Dark episode that's based on The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. Yes. And this is, th- which if you are a huge Are You Afraid of the Dark fan, you know who you are. hmm We have some listeners that are absolute, you know, dark maniacs like we are, then you know that this is the tale of The Midnight Ride. Yes. Which was the season three premiere episode. It aired January 8th, 1994. The Midnight Society at the time was under Gary's leadership. It's under the Gary era. Yes. My favorite.
1: (laughs) The Gary dynasty.
0: Shout out to Ross Hull. (laughs) Yes. Love Ross Hull. Um, So this is Gary uh, with Betty Ann, Kiki. Now we know that those three, if we're talking about the original episodes, we know that Gary, Betty Ann, and Kiki are going to be a part of it. They're the original three that stayed throughout the entire run. Also there is Frank. Yes. And someone new that gets introduced this episode which we'll get yes, to when we get into and we the, uh, yeah yeah to the actual I won't episode. get into
1: it yet I'll wait <laughs> yeah uh,
0: so but yeah th- this is this is one of my favorite th- I think this is a top tier episode you know you yeah. watch them and some of them are they they just th- some of them don't hit as hard as say laughing in the dark Midnight Ride, oh gosh, Midnight Madness. Yeah,
1: they're all good, but some are great.
0: Phantom Cab, yes. Yeah, so they're, they're. I think they're all good, but not all of them are great. Right. That's, that's a good way of putting them. Yeah. I don't want to say that they're weird. Yeah, yeah, we I think, appreciate and love all of them. I feel like even even the ones that aren't great are still good. Because, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think any any episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark You Catch is, is good. So we're talking about the tale of the Midnight Ride. Um, and again, this is based off of Washington Irving's the Legend of Sleepy Hollow, which um, I we try to we try to get around to reading every Halloween. Yeah, it is. We have a,
1: a really pretty edition of a Washington Irving's short stories. Yes, and it's, it's in that
0: great. Book. Uh, and we should know what the Legend of Sleepy Hollow is. Another thing that we do is we watch a lot of um, the Disney animated short. Short, right. the short film. From
1: like, I think the 40s.
0: Yeah, Bing Crosby does it. Oh, So know. good.
1: And we we actually, we watched it for the first time this, this, you know, spooky season. What was it? Like two nights ago. Yeah, it was two nights ago. We were ago. like, oh my gosh, to it's pro- time. To prime
0: <laughs> us for spooky season. Exactly. That is still my favorite, the Disney animated. I remember as a kid even being like, almost frightened. Yeah. By the Headless Horseman in that, you know.
1: the mu- And the music's so sweet. Our, our, our daughter, cast she calls him Pickabod Crane.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: it's, it's, it's a family affair.
0: So I think this is a great episode because we get to talk about Are You Afraid of the Dark? And we get to talk about The Legend of Sleepy yeah. Hollow. So again, <laughs> the great thing about Are You Afraid of the Dark is that some of these tales are new. Some of these things they pull from actual, you know, old legends. Yeah, either
1: literature or, or urban legend or whatever.
0: Yeah. And in this case, they're pulling from, again, Irving's Legend of Sleepy Hollow, which I recommend reading. It's really great. Yeah. Um, and, and it's great because you can ha- you can kind of have your own take on it, you yeah. know, on, on what, this, what actually happened in the story. And,
1: right, and, and Are You Afraid of the Dark also t- has their take on it as yes, well. Yes,
0: which is wonderful. That's why it's so great. And uh, so without further ado, though, we're excited. I know why you're excited. I know why we're excited. We want to get into talking about an episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Yes. Which is something that, you know, we have not done in a long time. Anyways, here we go. So we, we had the iconic intro, which I can't say enough about that Blue-hued montage of, of things like, uh, you know, shutters hitting a house, um, an empty playground.
1: Yeah, the swing, the a, attic.
0: A boat, like an abandoned dock, or you know, a, a, a boat just sitting. These are all really unsettling images. Yeah. And that music. Yes. Which is like a mix between a noise and music. So they... Uh, yeah. Nah, it's kind of nah, ethereal. Nah, nah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> so as a kid, I watched that and was just—I was like amazed. I was like, "What is this? This is creepy." It
1: doesn't actually seem like a kid's intro when I when I think about it. I'm like, "That's no. like
0: the clown doll." Yeah, no. Oh my gosh, hard pass.
1: But it's 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 really cool. It's it's not a typical kids' intro.
0: No, it's brilliant.
1: Even like even Goosebumps, the show, it's it's campy but creepy. The intro know? to
0: Are You Afraid of the Dark? Is simply perfect in every way. Every way is perfect. <laughs> it's perfect. Yep. I think I I can hear Brett Wilson right now saying, <laughs> "Oh my gosh, it is!" Or I can hear yes. Jay, I can hear our friends out there saying, "I know." Our
1: private island guys. It
0: it pulls you in.
1: We've all said it, <laughs> right?
0: This this intro just by itself, it, it's like what 20, 20 seconds, maybe fifteen, maybe fifteen seconds. I don't even think it's twenty seconds. And it just takes you right in. It's wonderful. So, uh, yeah, I I have to... I had to talk about that. Yes, of course. And then we go, of course, to the campfire where all the magic happens. Uh, Gary is there. He's the first one we see. Now, remember, this is the third season. So we've already have had two seasons of Are You Afraid of the Dark. By this point, you've really gotten to know the Midnight Society. You know that Gary's the leader. And I can't say enough about how wonderful... Yeah, we love Gary. We love Gary. He, again, like, in my childhood as a kid, it was, there was Luke Skywalker, there was Batman, there was Spider-Man, and there was Gary from the Manic side. (laughs) He was one of those people to me, you know, as a kid. So Gary is there. He's the first one we see. He's the first one we hear opening the third season. And the news isn't so great. First, though, we need to talk about what Gary is wearing. (laughs) He's straight up wearing a blazer.
1: Right, a black, a black like shirt a, and a black blazer. Yeah,
0: and but and Brooke was like, so he's just wearing a blazer, and I was like, but he's the only one who could pull that off. Right. He's the only one who could pull that off and get away with it, and this is what he says, and this is just a little bit of what he says, but it's important. Well, friends come and friends go, and I'm sorry to say that two of our good friends have gone. David and Kristen's families have moved. We won't be hearing their stories anymore, but they'll always be part of the Midnight Society. We'll miss them, but that means we have room for two new members. So right off the bat, David and Kristen are gone, and I... That's sad. I missed David, truly missed David. Uh, I loved Kristen, too. Yeah, I love
1: them both, but David's such a sweetie.
0: Yeah, David brought such a... He had such a sweet soul.
1: Yeah, he brought like a quiet, calm
0: to the group. And his stories were just like, you know, The Tale of the Shining Red Bicycle... He just was, like, a real big part of the heart of that yeah, group. Yeah,
1: he was very introspective. A lot of his stories were a lot about internal stuff and, like, you know, just dealing with, un you know, undealt with emotions. And he just, he had a real yeah. depth to him. And, and him and Kristen's story yeah, was sweet. Yeah, and
0: Kristen brought, like, a real whimsy to the group. She had, like, you know, her stories were really neat. And uh, I, I also liked their you know, their romance Yeah, you know, It was sweet. It, it seemed to really be yeah, it was becoming something and then they were gone. Um, but I, again, I, I want you guys to understand Uh, Gary telling the group is just, this is why I love Gary. Just mm-hmm. the, he's the natural leader and he's doing what the leader of the night society should do, which is, Hey, you know this is this is tough. It's not going to be the same.
1: Yeah, and they they they. I mean, they knew because I remember they they referenced it. I think don't they reference it in an episode or something that that they are going to move or no? no? They reference no. that David has moved to a new place. No,
0: David moved at one point and yeah. told a story about that, which is so, interesting that David they has moved. all these yeah, they you know moves in the well, story again. A wonderful thing about this show is that I don't know if they meant to do this or not, but I found myself more invested in the Midnight Society right than I did the then e- then even in the sh- into the actual stories themselves I wanted right. to know what they were up to and what they were doing and mm-hmm. and that's an amazing part of the show because these kids were only seen for a couple of minutes yeah these kids got a fraction of the screen time that the story itself got but they had a a, a, a colossal impact on the true fans of the show yeah uh, absolutely whether that was uh, intentional or not that that they impacted me yeah you know. And they impact us fans even today and then when we talk to them that's what the, that's who we talk about is yeah. the society itself mostly in my opinion they make the stories better so David is breaking uh, excuse me so so David and Kristen are gone and, and Gary is, is having to kind of
1: he's making it official yeah he's guys, making gone. it official yeah. he's
0: kind of closing the book on, on, on their chapters yeah. of the Midnight Society but they'll always be a part of course and and they'll be missed so we got two new members coming. Betty Ann immediately speaks up and she suggests Sam.
1: Who we who all is know not there. Yeah.
0: She's not there. No. But we know that Sam becomes a part. This yes. Is, you know, Joanna Garcia, her character. And ends up being an excellent addition to the group. Of yes. course. And it makes sense that Betty Ann would make a choice like Sam because she's solid. Yeah. Because when it comes to anything regarding the Midnight Society, Betty Ann Betty Ann hit the bullseye nearly every time with her stories
1: she's the she's she's like the queen of the dark like we love her she's
0: the best storyteller in my opinion yeah um
1: yeah she's got zebo right i mean come on
0: but with everything she did she hit the mark she supports scary's leadership she tells great stories and here she is she chooses sam who we know is coming down the pipe and, and we've seen the show yeah and she's an excellent addition to the group i love sam right and of course Betty Ann brought that in so she knows what she's doing you know right, <laughs>
1: right. Gary also has a candidate
0: <laughs> and he's brought him in tonight now Gary kind of kind of introduces like hey I, I have somebody
1: <laughs>
0: like uh oh okay now it, now like we we trust Gary implicitly I, I trust Betty Ann implicitly right that, that she would be a great judge of a person who's gonna you know who's gonna be a new new member right so of course Gary as well Gary's like I, I have someone
1: <laughs>
0: and he's here tonight he leads a kid out. And what, what
1: does he say? He's like, he's like and guys, like, he, he's good. He's ready. No, he's ready.
0: Yeah, it's just kind of the way he sings. Yeah, we're like, like oh, Gary's man. Gary's really couching this as like, I have someone. And this is the leader.
1: Yeah. So we're thinking, all right, big guns.
0: Here we go. Yeah, this is, he, yeah, the big gun himself is pulling out the guns, yeah. right? <laughs> he leads a kid out, uh, a much shorter kid. Uh, with a bag over his head. Because the, as we know, the campfire location is secret. Right. Only to the members of the Midnight Society is it revealed. Uh, I
1: like K- to think that he's just been sitting off to the side for a while while Gary's been telling yeah. the group all this.
0: And Kiki, who nothing gets past her. No. She immediately goes, he's small. He's short. <laughs> like, like, he's a little small. Like, I'm a little worried.
1: <laughs> he's small.
0: And of course... Gary doesn't even have to reveal who this is because the kid comes right out from under the bag, arguing with Kiki. It's Tucker. Yep, it's Gary's little brother. <laughs> and Frank, Kiki, and even our wise sage Betty Ann—they're <laughs> not having it. Like now, now Frank and Kiki are vocal, but Betty Ann has this look of like oh, Gary, no Gary, what have you done? Yeah, even I think she would be like, really? I mean, like I. Like I'm gonna back you up, but really. But like, can we can we can we conference in private
1: here? Right. I like, <laughs> no, I told her because I he,
0: feel like she's like the unofficial right hand. She is. She is. Yeah, she's the
1: queen. But like, I mean, when when he says he's ready, I was like, oh, so what that means is, mom and dad pulled Gary aside and said, "You're bringing Gary." You know, you're taking your brother. You're this. taking your brother. We're sick of hearing well, that's him exactly, whine about it. That's what happened. You know, it is. I'm yeah. a parent. Take your tell well, Yosi take your sister. We're sick of yeah. her moaning about it.
0: Frank, <laughs> Kiki, and Betty Ann are not having it. They don't want Tucker, and it's understandable because he's young. They
1: likely know who he is too. Yeah, he's, you know? Well he's
0: Tucker's obnoxious. He, he is. is at
1: first. He is
0: at first very good because
1: he grows into his right, role. You,
0: you might think, oh, they don't like Tucker. No, I really like Tucker. Yeah, but at first he's really obnoxious and he's really annoying. But I think that was the point. He has a
1: good arc, though. I mean, that that gives him a good arc throughout the show. Well,
0: Tucker becomes the leader of the Midnight exactly. Society. Exactly. Right. So, I mean. But
1: yeah. at first, it is funny.
0: You see, as Brooks has already said, Gary's <laughs> parents have forced Gary yeah. to bring Tucker. here, Or Gary himself, the leader of the Midnight Society, would have to quit. He'd be barred. Even and Betty Ann was like, you'd really have to quit? And Gary's like, yeah.
1: And this is when this is when though, because you know we watch shows like this as kids, and it, it, you know when we see these secret societies and these clubs, it's it's a way for kids to have autonomy and control over a portion of their life and
0: to be accepted and to
1: be accepted and have something that's theirs. Yeah. And this is when reality interjects, and we remember they are kids, mm-hmm. and they have an overhead, and yeah. and that's kind of and it's realistic.
0: And honestly because the,
1: I I can see I mean I would I could see myself doing that with our kids. And I
0: think more important than getting acceptance from a, a massive group of people there's nothing like having a small intimate group of of die-hard friends that you trust. Like this. Yeah. yeah.
1: And it's it, it it's hard to bring others into that circle even if you want to.
0: Right. It is. Yeah, so
1: when you find your people, you know. So
0: Gary has no choice. Yeah. And the society needs they, a leader. Yeah.
1: And they they when he explains that, they
0: get that. They do. Yes, w- when Gary explains to them what's going on, they relent. They're like they all sit back down and they allow Tucker to submit a story for their approval. Tucker's intro is actually pretty good. He sits down. Um though before he begins <laughs> uh, Gary reminds him that he's going to let Frank like bash him if it's not good. Yeah, yeah. And Frank's not reacting at all. I think Frank's just like I Frank
1: can't... is like I'm I'm dead inside. Well,
0: you have to understand something here. Frank is Frank, but Frank is a killer storyteller. He is serious about this stuff. I know he seems too cool for school, but Frank's stories are incredible.
1: Right. And I and we'll get into it later after we've gone through the episode, but Frank's feelings run deep, too. And I think this is, yes, about the stories, but it's a little deeper than that as well. Yeah. About the group. Yeah. And yeah. he just, you know, he's not, he's never going to say it out loud. Right. But he says it loud and clear in other ways.
0: Yeah. So Tucker begins his intro, and he introduces his story as one inspired from a well-known age-old tale that we've already mentioned. Mm-hmm. Betty Ann is immediately interested because as solid as Betty Ann is, and as loyal as Betty Ann is she's also incredibly uh, inclusive
1: and accepting she,
0: yeah and her tales are dark and her tales are really scary i mean the yeah. scariest ones the ones that really freaked me out were her stories oh, yeah. but she's also the the most uh, she's the, maternal yeah in many ways yeah so she is immediately she her countenance is like okay her, let's uh, give him a you know she opens up and really interests herself uh, Frank is just kind of there. We don't even see Kiki because we can pretty <laughs> we much- We know, know Kiki's
1: over there like, I ain't even trying to hear this. Yeah. I ain't even trying to listen. Like, <laughs> she, she's Kiki. We love her.
0: Right. It's called the Tale of the Midnight Ride. And of course, by the way, uh, as, as is tradition in the Midnight Society, whoever is sponsoring the new member, you know, whoever's bringing the, the, whoever's the sponsoring candidate, the candidate. Yeah. yeah. Uh, is the one that throws the dust into the fire. So yes. Gary throws the dust in, and Tucker announces the the name of the tale, which is the tale of Midnight Ride, and then we we go right in, you know, and and we see kind of scenes from what's clearly like a battlefield. We see like carriage wheels, yeah, like wagon wheels, wagon wheels, and, <laughs> and stuff. fence posts, yeah,
1: lots of tall grass. And if you
0: know the legend of Sleepy Hollow, we're going to give you a very very brief ten cent version. Right. But uh, Tucker doesn't waste any time getting into this tale. Uh, he he immediately goes into Um, The Legend of Sleepy Hollow, uh, which we all know features a very, very famous iconic specter, the Headless Horseman. Of course. Tucker gives a summary of the story of how the horseman was the ghost of a Hessian soldier, uh, which was killed by a stray cannonball during the Revolutionary War. Now, the Hessians were German. Yes. And they fought for... Mercenaries. Yeah, they fought for the British Mm -hmm. against the colonists. And, so
1: naturally, uh, if this is an American ghost story, of course we would have an opposing force as the, as the, the ghost. antagonist. Yes. Yeah.
0: So uh, the ghost of a Hessian soldier killed by a stray cannonball took his head off. And the legend has it that on Halloween night, the headless ghost would ride through the small village of Sleepy Hollow, which is in New York. Mm-hmm. It, it's a real place. Yes,
1: it is. Yeah. I'm dying to go. We're, oh, we're dying to go. That's like
0: on our bucket list is to visit Sleepy yeah, Hollow.
1: Yeah, Sleepy Hollow, Salem.
0: Yeah, all those you know, places. Yeah.
1: Gotta go to, we got to go to Bangor, Maine,
0: yeah. Stephen King. The so uh, the headless horseman would ride through the, the village of Sleepy Hollow, carrying a lit jack-o'-lantern, looking for someone to steal a new head from. So that's... that's Yes, a, a, that's that's the 10-cent version. Yeah, pretty scary premise. Uh, as the story goes, continuing on, uh, the victim that he does find, according to some, uh, int- depending on who you talk to, yep. some interpretations, was a schoolmaster named Ichabod Crane, who encountered the horseman after a Halloween party slash fall festival uh, and was chased by the horseman. Legend has it there was a bridge at Sleepy Hollow that the horsemen could not cross. The Bridge of Souls. Yes. And during the chase, Ichabod raced to the bridge but didn't make it, and he was never seen again. And legend has it he was spirited away. Right. Taken by the headless horsemen of Sleepy Hollow. Tucker adds his own take to the legend, saying that since then, in Sleepy Hollow, every Halloween night, the ghosts of the horsemen and Crane... Would ride through Sleepy Hollow and do, do their chase in hot pursuit. Yeah, yes, yeah, like the, the the horsemen would pursue Ichabod. They would they would repeat history. Their ghosts would repeat history. Right,
1: which I think that's actually a really cool premise because that's it. what's not in the book. Right, the book just leaves the legend open-ended because obviously he's telling it and it's you know the case is closed. It's written in what seventeen eighty something. Yes, but here we are telling this story in nineteen ninety. Uh, oh gosh, ninety four. Four. I was gonna yes. say three. Yeah, nineteen ninety four. So obviously w- we've you know. We've had some years for this uh, legend right. to circulate, so now the legend is, according to uh, according to uh, Tucker, that they both ride through Sleepy Hollow, and I love that.
0: Yeah, the ghosts of them repeat the history, yeah. right? And this is where we meet our protagonist, and we start to kind of we start to kind of see where Tucker's going with this story, yeah. and it's great. Yeah, this is a great story, by the way. We'd be talking yes. about it if it wasn't great. It is. Tucker had ha- had a, a couple of good stories. This is one of them. Uh, Ian Matthews is our protagonist he's a new kid in Sleepy Hollow he's tall he's thin he dresses very peculiar he wears a shirt and tie with a waistcoat and he's socially awkward and that should raise flags if you know the original story Yeah, and who he is an homage to Ian Matthews and I just described him. So yeah. who is See, he's he? He's
1: Ichabod Crane. He's
0: obviously our Ichabod Crane. Who
1: obviously was also new to town at new a new to, school. Right. F- awkward, skinny, smart, but a little like a confidence that you probably yeah. shouldn't have if you're if you're that, you know, goofy.
0: Ichabod was actually really intelligent yeah. in the original story. He was very cultured. He could dance really well. He was very socially, um, he was definitely awkward looking and he wasn't necessarily like, he wasn't the cool guy, even though he saw himself as that. Right.
1: Yeah. His confidence was interesting, but he was he was charming.
0: He still managed to get himself right in the middle of you know right in the the middle. hub of important people. Right. Yeah. And then we have to meet some other folks. Yes. Right. So remember, we said he's new in town, new to his school, which is where the story opens. He's at school, and he meets an attractive young girl named Katie. He also meets an obnoxious and athletic bully named Brad, <laughs> who's running around with a football and knocking stuff over. Right. Just you know, without reason, just throwing it around and yeah, you know, being
1: a being a nineties jock.
0: So we have Ian, Katie, and Brad. Ian is Ichabod Crane. Then who is Katie?
1: Katie has to be Katrina Van Tassel.
0: Yes. Who is the female
1: love interest? Love interest. Well, ish. yeah.
0: In the original story, she's definitely the she's the object of desire of right. Ichabod, but also our other guy. Brad is obviously... Brom Bones. Brom Bones.
1: But they changed their characterization in this for the better, I think.
0: Yes, definitely. The school is getting ready for the big Halloween dance. Ian is clearly into Katie. Makes sense. She's cute and attractive, and she's sweet. And she really likes Ian. Yeah, uh, You know, she's really friendly and, and very kind. And, she enjoys his company, it seems. Yes. And they, and she invites Ian to kind of help set up for this big Halloween dance. Brad does not like seeing Ian put the moves on Katie, so he walks right up and starts acting like a predator. Right. Basically.
1: <laughs> I, so that's
0: what you said when we were watching it. Yeah, it's like he's I mean, just acting horrible.
1: Yeah, just a punk man.
0: He wants to be Katie's date for the dance. And by the way, they're in the school setting up. Yeah. And Katie's not having it. No. Pointing to the fact that they don't go out anymore, to which Brad replies with Ugh. class, quote, I'll say when we don't go out anymore, unquote.
1: I know. I went, oh, no. I mean, I was out of my mind.
0: I, I have to believe because this is such a – there's so many people in the world and so many people who have lived in the world right. that it's hard to believe that, that someone probably actually in real life has said this to someone. Golly. I'll say when we don't go out anymore. My thing how is how
1: horrific, and he's so young to already be talking like that. My th- oh my, my god! My thing
0: is, is, if you're going to open your mouth and say that, <laughs> then what it tells me is that beforehand you thought this is actually going to work. I'm going to say this, yeah. and it's going to make this young lady go, "Oh wow, you're right, right?" You know. I, anyway, it's just completely inappropriate and wrong and horrible.
1: I to know, me. and it's and and what's great about it though is Ian isn't having it. No, He's he, like, hey, you're not gonna. Yeah,
0: he stands up for her.
1: Yeah, with all with 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 all the strength he lacks. That's
0: another interesting thing about Ian is that he is not afraid of Brad. But if we go back to the original story, um, um, Ichabod wasn't thwarted by the physical stature and intimidation no. of Brom Bones. In the book, though, now understand. In the book, though, Brom actually wasn't a bad guy. No, he he, act- he, actually, he wasn't. No, he actually was. He was a good old boy. He was actually just a good old boy. He yeah. was actually it just you know he actually was just he was good humored.
1: Everybody liked him. Every, he
0: was rough around the edges. He certainly didn't like Ichabod because he liked Katrina.
1: But that was the only reason he wasn't a, a, a punk to everyone all he, the
0: time. He actually here is the thing: Brahm actually loved Katrina,
1: and Katrina actually loved him. Yes, this In is the, the book. original story. Yeah. So
0: what I am saying is Brom is not treating Katrina like this in the original story. This is just, again, this is updated. Brad is a total creep here.
1: But we don't have, well, and, and two, it serves a purpose. We don't have enough time to establish these characters. No. We, we need to hate Brom, and we need to love Ian.
0: Uh, Brad, so, yeah.
1: Uh, sorry, yeah, sorry. Ha ha. We, we need to hate Brad, and we need to love Ian, so the quickest way to do that is to make him a total punk.
0: Right. Of course, yeah. And this, this, this is going to serve the story later. Of course. Katie is sweet. She tells Ian, you know, because, again, you know, Ian stands up to Brad. And, uh, you know, Katie's like, look, don't worry about him. You know, Brad eventually just kind of like, you know, you know, walks off. Yeah, and, of course,
1: Ian, like, trips over something and, you know, it's kind of a.
0: Yeah, well, she tells Ian not to worry about Brad and expresses hope that she'll see Ian at the dance tonight. She's like, don't worry about Brad. Just come to the dance. We'll have fun. You know, he's just, he's all talk, right? So then we get to the dance. And the dance is really kicking. Later that night, <laughs> Fred
1: Flintstones coming down the stairs, uh, yeah, flopping there, his hair.
0: Yeah, there's a guy dressed like Flintstone. And even and even
1: Ian kind of kind of got a got a jab in at Brom and he's Brom Brad and he's like, you know, you go to the dance like, why Are you looking for a date? Like, yeah, that was earlier. He, yeah, it is, but it's yeah. I mean, that, he's quippy. He's not yeah. just bumbling. He's he's pretty good.
0: Yeah. So Ian does show up to the dance. Yeah. Of course, Brad is there as well. Yes, Katie is there and she's dressed like what Brooke called a gender bent. Katrina Van Tassel. Which I is love true. it. It's true. She's wearing like a she's wearing like a a pastel colonial costume, but it, it's, like a
1: man. It's like a man's it's, it's uh, co- costume from the you know Patriot yeah. times. <laughs> yeah, it's,
0: she's wearing like a, a a shirt with like a coat and like pant. and the pantaloons yeah. and stuff and the little three cornered hat. Yeah, tri corner. Yeah, right. Ian shows up pretty much dressed up like straight out of seventeen ninety. <laughs> Ichabod Crane.
1: Yeah, so they kind of look the same. Yeah, but I like that. But but it it, it adds to her character because she is like an updated female empowered Katrina Van Tassel who ain't gonna take it. No, you she's know? not. She's, and she's like self possessed.
0: Yeah, she's not like a flirt like Katrina was. Right. Yeah, the, and Katrina
1: definitely was was try- was actively making Brom jealous in that, the story.
0: That's the whole story. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, and and this it's very much. Listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna go live my life and you leave me alone. Right. You know, this is about Katie and Ian forming their bond yeah. and rejecting Brad.
0: So Ian shows up. Katie's like, let's go dance. We see Ian dancing with Katie. We then see Ian um, entertaining Katie's friends. Like Katie's sitting there and all her little girlfriends are just loving it.
1: Yeah, which, again, that's textual, too. Then
0: we see Ian dancing with some other girl. So she's <laughs> like, hey, look, I just want to dance with this Ian guy. <laughs> so all in all, he's killing it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Brad is there, dressed as a pirate, looking pissed off and miserable. Yeah. Walking around just staring at Ian, watching him be happy. Right. At one point, Ian notices Brad across the dance floor harassing Katie. Like, he's kind of messing mm. with her. He's just, yeah. He's just, he's you know, just a butt. Yeah, he's, he's a creep. He's yeah. a little worse than that. You know. Uh, so, Ian goes over and stands up for her. Brad actually physically attempts to grab Ian, like, goes to try to attack him. Who responds by wanting to take things outside, like like Ian's actually willing, like, let's go outside and let's actually fight. He's like got his fists up, you know. Little oh, sweetie. <laughs> I mean, this kid's not afraid. No. He's willing to go and fight for Katie's honor. Good boy. Now, like most bullies, Brad doesn't want to fight.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, he has a plan. He says, you know what, I don't want to fight. Let's, let's talk, right? Mm-hmm. And he begins to tell Ian about the legend of Sleepy Hollow. With some liberties taken, bear in mind, this is this is the Midnight Society, Are You Afraid of the Dark, this is Tucker's story. Right. In this iteration of the story, Brad tells Ian that Ichabod Crane, and remember, they're in Sleepy Hollow, like, you know, right. present day, essentially. Yes. He tells, Brad tells Ian that Ichabod Crane encountered the horseman and made a fatal error when he met a fork in the road, one that led, one led to the Bridge of Souls, the other fork Led to um, deeper in the woods. Yes, and of course, unfortunately, Ichabod chose the wrong fork. It took him deeper into the woods where he was overtaken by the horsemen. So he's doing. He's trying to scare Ian. He's kind of yeah. you know. He's like you're new in town. You don't really know the the legend. Yeah, Ian isn't impressed. But Brad says the bridge is still there, and that every new kid in Sleepy Hollow has to go through initiation. On Halloween night, where they go to the bridge and get the Horseman's pumpkin,
1: the initiation. Yeah, right.
0: <laughs> Katie urges Ian to forget about it. Like, don't do this. This is you know a bunch of crap. But Ian is up for the challenge, and Brad gives him a flashlight, and off Ian goes. Yeah,
1: he can't. He can't back down from this. Essentially, he's kind of gotta. No, he's he's gotta do it.
0: You know, he's he's, he's you know kind of trying to prove himself. He's, exactly. You know, so we get a great homage. We we go we, we now go to the woods. Right, Ian's he's on foot. On foot, he's not on a horse. But no. we did But this is a great homage to the Disney animated short when Ian is walking down a dark road, yes. whistling.
1: It was. I was like, oh my gosh, it's like watching yeah. it because you know he's whistling just like in the Disney one, and yeah. it's dark. The and Disney one is great. And... Yeah.
0: He gets to the fork in the road, which is still there, and he chooses a path. He decides to take the left fork. This actually takes him to the bridge. And at the bridge, he finds a pumpkin that's got a glow stick in it, so it was placed Yeah, pla- he's like, nice touch. It was placed there,
1: yeah. right? And he, he he knows at that point. You're know, like, okay, uh-huh, you know.
0: Yeah. This, is, this moment, though, is interrupted by a laugh in the distance, and eventually, behind Brad appears a headless man. Behind po- Ian. I said Brad, right? Sorry. It's okay. Behind Ian, thank you, <laughs> <laughs> appears a headless man, clad in black, who begins to chase him with a sword? Ian, of course, is like freaked out. He's running. He falls to the ground and cowers in fear when the headless man reveals himself to be Brad.
1: And his goons. And his
0: goons. His friends kind of walk up and they're all snickering. Who's there that 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 really confused <laughs> me was Katie. So I know. She, so she's kinda like with them. She obviously isn't okay with what happened, but I'm like, why didn't you yell out, hey, Ian? brad he's the one dressed up like the headless horse right
1: i was kind of like, did you appear like what yeah it, that was a little con- her presence was a little confusing yeah, so to she
0: show up with brad and right. the goons. so she's walking around but she's kind of being silently complicit
1: yeah that was a, that was a little and and maybe it's just that they needed her to be there in That's the story was, yeah. and i don't i don't want to think she was just like tagging along with them. maybe she maybe she followed i, I don't know
0: i i, I think that she she followed to It you know, just was poorly
1: timed. It, yeah,
0: it was just it made it seem like she was like just kind of like complicit. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But we know that she wasn't. She's not okay with this. So Brad and the gang begin teasing Ian, you know, and Katie's like, you know, you guys suck. But uh they leave, leaving Katie and Ian alone, because Katie's like, she refuses to go with him. She's like, I'm staying with Ian. Yeah. You know. And Ian's a good sport though. After all this that happened. He takes it in stride. He walks Katie home. He offers her his arm. They cross the bridge, but in the distance, a shape can be seen moving through the woods, a shape of a headless man, but this one is actually riding a horse. Uh-oh. Yeah, he's not walking around with this big fake pirate sword. Right. He's actually riding a horse. This guy looks legit. <laughs> On the way home, Ian and Katie encounter a peculiar man. This man has a head. <laughs> right, exactly. He's tall and thin. He's ghastly pale, riding a mm-hmm. horse, asking in a very strange kind of dialect. Ar- dialect, yeah. yeah. Where is the bridge of souls? They're weirded out, but Ian directs him to take a left at the fork. The man heads down the road on on horseback, but before he goes, he introduces himself as Ichabod Crane, the new schoolmaster. So they're like, huh? Right? Well, now we know what we're looking yeah, at. we're, yeah, we're yeah. seeing a ghost here. We've already seen. The Headless Horseman. Right. The real deal. Mm-hmm. We're pretty sure. Ian gets Katie home and almost scores a kiss.
1: Yeah, she was into it, too. She was like, all right, okay. i going
0: pretty good.
1: Then the, por- the, you know, the, the infamous porch light. Yeah,
0: probably dad. Yeah, you know, like, a, nah, not dad I don't not think tonight. so. Not you. Not now. <laughs> no way.
1: But he's sweet. He's like, oh, I forgot my bike at school. Uh, yeah, he
0: forgets his bike. He and run- he
1: left her his jacket because she was yeah. cold.
0: Yeah, remember. Yeah, and she still has it. Uh, So he bids Katie goodnight, heads back to get his bike, where he actually encounters the horseman. But he still thinks it's Brad. He gets to his bike, and Ian then finds that he's left his key in his jacket, which was left with Katie. He's about to panic when he turns and finds that Katie has come back with his jacket and his keys. And then the horseman arrives. And begins to chase Ian and Katie, and this is a great scene.
1: It comes out of the shadow. Well, there's a shadow yeah. on
0: the side of the school building, and Ian kind of goes up to it, and again he thinks it's Brad. He kind of confronts it, but the shadow comes out of the of the, the wall. Of the whatever. wall, yeah. and it's the horseman with the pumpkin, and yeah. it is the headless horseman. The you know the genuine article, and Ian of course takes off. Katie, you know, takes off. They're they're running from him. Uh, Brad sees the horseman and totally freaks out.
1: And says the same thing. He made fun of Ian. Don't take my head. Yeah,
0: don't take my head. But the horseman ignores Brad and stays on Ian and Katie. Ian surmises, while they're they're getting away from the horseman, Ian surmises that telling the ghost of Ichabod Crane to take the left fork, which was the right way to go.
1: For, for Ichabod. For Ichabod. Yeah.
0: To, to cross the bridge. Freed the horseman's ghost to pursue them. Katie has an idea, which is to get back to the bridge and finish the story, to cross it. Yeah. So they go. The horseman begins to gain on them as they get through the woods. And Ian has an idea. They're <laughs> kind of hiding in the woods. The horseman's after them, looking for him. And Ian has an idea to distract him, distract the horseman, so Katie can get away. Katie says no, because she has an idea to distract the horseman.
1: <laughs> so he can get away. <laughs> right. So I'm, like, I'm w- okay. Wait.
0: What like? Who's getting away? Because because huh. Ian goes, I'm gonna distract him. She goes, No, no. What? I'll distract him. I'm like, What?
1: <laughs> Maybe you... we could have rewritten that.
0: <laughs> so she runs off, but she makes it like three feet and falls. Massive right. failure. She's like hurt or something. She's
1: literally standing and then took a step and was on the ground. Yeah. I mean, you know, plot driven. It's fine. <laughs> She's so, got to fall.
0: So Ian is able to do his original plan, which is distract the horseman. <laughs> Coaxes the horseman away from Katie and sprints across the bridge. With the horseman in pursuit. Sure enough, again, as the legend says, the horseman cannot cross that bridge. When the horseman attempts to cross it, chasing Ian, he explodes in a burst of flames. So before he can even catch up to Ian, he explodes. Right, because he can't cross the bridge. He cannot cross the bridge. Ian and Katie, of course, reunite. They're both safe. And then here comes old Ichabod again. Who says he's lost and that he thinks he needs to backtrack and take the right fork. Yep. Which we know sets the story right. That's the whole point. Right. Is setting the story right. He bids them farewell and tells them to beware the headless horseman and wishes them a happy Halloween before disappearing into the night. The last thing we see is the headless horseman emerging from deep in the woods very much unharmed and dashing off to pursue Crane as he does every Halloween night. Back to the campfire, Tucker says, the end. So, you know, story's over.
1: Right. Now so. it's time for their, you know.
0: Yeah, now it's time approval for or denial. the verdict, right? Kiki walks up and says, you'll do. Which is tantamount to the greatest compliment <laughs> you, could, you could receive from any other person. Right. If Kiki says you'll do.
1: You will j- sh- most d- assuredly do. <laughs> you will most
0: assuredly do. Don't expect anything more. Betty Ann... Just as Betty Ann, as we would expect from her, yeah, says excellent.
1: Mama Bear's got to be Mama Bear. Yeah,
0: it was a good story. It was though. She's not just saying that, right? Uh, Frank walks up and doesn't even acknowledge Tucker, but instead tells Gary to keep Tucker out of his face.
1: Which when I when he said that, I said that is Frank for I miss David. I think so. I'm sorry, but to me, I was like, that is Frank. That is as close to Frank as going to say to. I miss David. He's never going to take his spot. So just i, I, I l- just don't.
0: I look at like... I have to step out of Are You Afraid of the Dark for a minute. I have to go into, say, an example of... Uh, look at Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. And if you've seen Guardians of the Galaxy, then you're going to know what I'm talking about. If you haven't, for heaven's sakes, go see Guardians of the Galaxy. But you remember Yondu, how he always acted like Peter was just this annoying little runt kid yep. that got on his nerves, when in fact you find that Yondu loved Peter. He loved him dearly. Loved, loved Peter like a son. Yeah. I mean, Peter was his son. Right. I mean, not real, but... It, he, had, he, in his heart, adopted him as In his heart, such. adopted him as a son. And I think that Frank and David had gotten really close. And I think that it's one of those things that I think David's... A, I think if you're a guy like Frank, you look at a guy like David, and, and you're almost like, there's no way I'd connect with a guy like that. Mm-hmm. Because David is very in touch with his feelings, and he's, and so is Frank, but David actually doesn't have an issue with everyone knowing Ex-
1: expressing that. Expressing it. Frank has a big issue with expressing Frank, his, um vulnerability.
0: Yeah. I would love to hear some of our friends talk about this. Yeah. I would love for you to post about this. Yes. Oh, definitely. Because it really hit me for the first time when you mentioned it. Yeah. And I think it's really cool, because I think that that's exactly what's going on there. Yeah. I think that Frank is like, I really love that guy. Yeah. And well, you got
1: to think. Someone like Frank, he's not going to let somebody into his heart very easily. No,
0: he doesn't. I don't. And he
1: absolutely has let not only David, but the the other uh, Midnight Society members into his heart. And yeah. for one of them to leave, and he likely takes it to, to have left him. Yeah. And now we've got freaking Tucker, punk brother. For now, yeah. You know, he's like, nah, man.
0: I think it's it's there's just something about seeing. um you know, some a guy like Frank, who's kind of a rough and tumble mm-hmm. guy, really connect with someone tender like David, and 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 I I think it's true. I think he's sad.
1: I mean, to me, that'll that'll be the case. And forever. I think it's so. Yeah,
0: I think that's that's a really really great uh, take on that. Yeah, that's yeah. It makes me sad. I know,
1: because
0: I'm like I'm as too. But it makes me love Frank more. So
1: yeah, absolutely.
0: So uh, Tucker's in. Which eventually, of course, we know becomes. It turns out to right, be a good right. Thing. It turns out to be a good thing. Gary and Tucker share a sweet moment as brothers, where Gary welcomes him to the society. An ecstatic Tucker runs off to catch up with the group, while Gary puts out the fire. And that is it. It's been great. Such a good one. It's a good one. I, I mean, it's a perfect,
1: nostalgic, and like even you know. I mean, it's like a historic Halloween tale.
0: Yes, and it's a great beginning to spooky season. Yes. So. We're excited to get, to get going. This is just the beginning, so this is only the beginning. Oh, yeah. And uh, we are looking forward to a month full of this stuff. So, uh, guys, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we hope you um, are going to come check us out and yes. give us a holler throughout this spooky month, this is like our best time. It, yeah. This is where we really it's where we
1: It's when we started. We started, well, yeah. I mean, our first episode was October 31st.
0: Yeah, there's a reason for that. Yep.
1: No <laughs> yeah, first. we planned it that way. So
0: where can everybody find us so we can we can wrap up?
1: All righty. If you're on Instagram, we are at the Tape Store. We're on TikTok by the same name. If you're on Twitter, we're the Tape Store Pod. And if you want to shoot us an email, we're the Tape Store Podcast at gmail.com.
0: And as always, thank you guys for your time. We are so excited about spooky season. We're excited about September, excited about October, and you know November also is a spooky month for us as well. We really Yeah, we drag. just we
1: do it as we keep it as long as we can.
0: We drag this stuff out. We have to.
1: I mean, my thought is, look at the Nightmare Before Christmas. It is Halloween to to Christmas.
0: Yeah. And, so, so <laughs> we're we,
1: fair game to to, to, to keep yeah. celebrating into December. We
0: got to follow it all the way. Exactly. All right, guys. Take care. We really appreciate y'all, and we are, again, just excited. This is just like the time of year we're really excited about. Guys, have a great week. We will see you next Thursday with another great episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Not sure what we're going to do yet, but I promise it will be good. And until then, this is Toby. And this is Brooke. Take care, guys. Bye.